it's, it's always amazing how the Holy Spirit brings things together. This morning, as, as we were in our prayer meeting, Tim started sharing about um, failing we three days in, and already it feels like you may have failed at something. And he just started speaking into the word that I'm bringing here this morning. So the Holy Spirit always finds a way to bring everything together. So, like I said, today is our, our first service of 2024, and we are only on the seventh day of this year. And I think uh, most of us have probably already failed somewhere along the line, something that we plan to do or not to do that we failed at. So I don't, I don't make New Year's resolutions because I kept on failing at my New Year's resolutions somewhere along the line. So I just don't make New Year's resolutions anymore. But we have a tradition in our, in our life group, which unfortunately we didn't do last year, but we have a tradition. It's something that you want to pray into, and we write it on a piece of paper, fold it up, put our name on it, and put it into the jar. It's only for, for you and yourself to pray into it. And if you want the other people in the life group to pray into that request, then you can share it. But if it's something really personal, but you want to put it into the jar, you have that opportunity to put it into the jar and pray over it. And um, I've been putting in the same request for several years. And it's been answered every time. Now you think, how can you put in the same request and it's been answered every time? So I, I will share what I put in that jar. So every year I put on there just two words, self-discipline. That's all I pray into every year. And I have seen many, many miracles in my own life through just praying for self-discipline. So I want to I read a scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 to 27. Do we have it up? Here we go. Do you not know what in a race... Uh, sorry, sorry. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games... Those goes into strict training. They do not get the crown. Um, sorry, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. So Craig Rochelle used that as a uh, sermon one day, and he was talking about athletes having discipline, and athletes do not try to compete. They do not try to practice. They go to practice. You cannot arrive at a race and say, I'm going to try and run this race without having gone to the practice. So you've got to have that discipline to go to the practice to prepare yourself. 
Can you imagine if our Springboks arrive at the World Cup and they're going to say, okay, we're going to try and win this thing without having done any preparation whatsoever? No, they had to have the discipline to eat right, to go to the gym, to go and run, to get faster, so that they can prepare themselves and they train for the race. And this is exactly what, what we need to do. And Tim spoke into it this morning. So this year, I'm putting that same request in the jar for self-discipline so that I can achieve more goals this year. But you can't just pray for self-discipline without having a goal. You've got to have a goal that you're going to pray into. And if you don't have a goal, it's just a dream. And a goal without an action plan will remain a dream. So you can't say that you want to grow your uh, relationship with God without spending time in the Scripture. And you can't pray for discipline to go into doing Scripture and more Scripture if you don't have an action plan. So when we pray for self-discipline, I pray every year for something specific. So as the last few days have progressed, I have added more and more. Normally I add one or two because you've got to keep it simple. Otherwise you have too many targets. But um, yeah, you know when you prepare for a sermon, you get challenged on what you're going to preach about. <laughs> so I've had to add a few things to my self-discipline. However, this is, this is not the main topic that I want to discuss with you today. But it leads into it. So I think you've noticed the big, the big box that I brought along, and I'll put it up here now. A few, I don't know if it was a few weeks, a few months, or a few years ago, Tim brought a toolkit to church, and he was explaining how handy he is with the tools. Um, yeah, I think his screwdriver looked like a hammer, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that, yeah. So... I am a little bit more handy with tools. So I thought maybe as we, as we start a new year, we should um, maybe start a new hobby. So as I bring up my toolkit and I unpack it, I will, I'll tell you a little story. So, sorry for the people online. You should have been here. It's great. <laughs> It is a, it's a fairly big box, so there's a lot of equipment in here. But for those of you that don't know, my wife's name is Carla, and she's a, she's a hairdresser. And she's been a hairdresser in the area for well over 20 years. So often I find myself going to a function or event, and I arrive there, and somebody introduces me as, this is Carla's husband. You know the hairdresser, it's Carla's husband. So, I've brought a few things along that I can use for um, my pedicures that I'm going to do this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did bring a, 
proper brush so we can clean. And a bit of a nail file. So, now that you've seen some of the equipment that I'm going to be using, I will need a volunteer this morning to be my first... Um, <laughs> to be my first uh, victim, I, I mean patient, uh, I mean customer. So, <laughs> so yeah, I thought if I, if I take up this hobby this this year, then maybe people won't introduce me as oh, this is Chris Carla's husband. They can introduce me as this is Chris. He does my nails. So, <laughs> so is there anybody brave enough this morning to be a volunteer? <laughs> okay, okay. I won't cut your toes off. I do. I, I did bring bigger equipment, depending on who the customer was going to be. So, <laughs> so yeah. Just in case somebody needs some serious nail cutting. Have a seat. <laughs> Just in case this gets a little bit rough this morning. <laughs> It's refreshing. Should I use this? Thank you, Greg. So we won't get rough this morning. So I'm, I'm pretty sure we all know the scripture that's going to follow. John 13, verse 12 to 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? I asked them, uh, he asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I am your Lord and teacher, and I have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do 
as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than the master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know this, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So no, I'm not saying we should come to church and wash each other's feet. But as verse 15 says, as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, verse 17, you will be blessed if you do them. So, yeah, every morning, on a Sunday morning, we have people that come to church a few hours early. They come and set up the sound. They set up the projectors. They set out the coffee for us. They set out the chairs. They come and practice for worship. It's not just something that happens by chance. There's preparation that goes into it. There's discipline that goes into doing these things. And that's why our worship sounds so amazing. And it is a gift that we give to our Father. And most of these people, you don't even know who they are. You don't see them. They arrive early. They set up your chairs. I know when I do it, I I pray over the chairs before you even arrive. And that's just a service that they are bringing for for each other. So Peter one, uh, sorry, one Peter four, verse nine to eleven. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one that speaks sorry, the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all these things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be all the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And we sang it this morning. All the glory to God. And this is what I was saying about how things come together. This morning, Dusty brought a word. And it was this exact same word. It was everything we do, we do to the glory of God. So the Holy Spirit moves wherever we are to bring things together for us. So, we must use the gifts that we have been given to the glory of God. We must serve Him with the strength that He provides us. So, everything we do, we must do it to the glory of God. When we get up in the morning, when you go and have a shower, when you get dressed and you brush your teeth, and even when you have breakfast and you drink your coffee or your tea, you must do it to the glory of God. Now you're going to say, but how am I going to eat and drink to the glory of God? Well, the scripture tells us so. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, Paul writes, So whenever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And I I actually went to make sure I didn't take it out of context as well. So I I went and checked. But 
That is exactly what we need to do. All our talents, all our strength comes from God, and we must use that to serve Him. So it doesn't matter if you are a lawyer or a nurse or a doctor or an Uber driver or a packer at Checkers. You have been given talents and strength from God, and you must use that to honor and glorify Him in whatever you do. So how much more value does that have when we serve one another to glorify his kingdom. A few years ago, I was at a function, and um, there was a speaker. He was a farmer, a grape farmer, and they produced grapes for manufacturing of wine. And I thought I knew a little bit about wine. I mean, White grapes make white wine and red white grapes make red wine. It's easy. How hard can it be? You throw a few things together, you put it in a barrel, and there you go. You've got wine. And this farmer started telling us what they do on the farm to prepare the grapes. They take core samples of the ground in various areas on the farm. And then they send it away for analysis to see what is in the ground what would be the ideal grape to grow in that ground and what wine that would be ideal for. So if you thought a farmer is just a farmer, it's not quite that easy. There's a little bit more chemistry that goes into it. And then what they do is obviously there's a range of grapes that will work on that that property. And if they need to make a specific wine, they have to add chemicals and fertilizer to the ground, do more tests, and get back to the ideal ground that they need to produce the grapes for the wine that they want to have at the end of the day. So it comes back to setting a goal. They had to have an end goal in mind, and then they had to prepare the ground. The same thing happens when you're praying for discipline. You've got to have an end goal in mind. Tim says it constantly. Have the end goal in mind. And when you're working towards it, you can pray into it. So, why am I telling you this? A few years ago, um, I did the Sunday school as well. Not here, but at another church. And I see the kids grow up as they go through Sunday school and eventually they become grown-ups and I see them at functions, I see them when they finish studying or I see them on Facebook. And I'd like to think that I've had an input in that child's life as they were growing up. And unfortunately, sometimes kids come to church without their parents or they are guests once or twice a year in your church when they come with a friend if they've had a sleepover. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they grow old, they will not turn from it. And the scripture tells us, if we read the parable of the sower, that only 25% of your seed actually falls on good ground. But if good ground comes along, and we don't sow, nothing is going to grow. So, this morning, I've set an example, and I'm calling on you 
to do the same, to use the talents that you've been given to worship our Father, to glorify Him. We, as a church, we need people that are prepared to go into the Sunday school, to prepare the lessons, to input into our kids' lives. We need people that are prepared to, I can play an instrument, join the worship team. It is a sacrifice, but it is part of the discipline you can pray into this year. We need people that help set up. We need people that prepare coffee. And even if you think that I receive nothing but a nice smile, then you can use that smile to welcome people to the church. So nobody hasn't got a talent that was given to us, and we should use all of our talents to praise our Father. And it's very simple math. If we have four people on a team to welcome people, you do it once a month. If we have 12 people on the welcoming team, you only do it four times in a year. So, as we all know, the saying goes, many hands make light work. So, how great would it be if the whole church is prepared to serve each other with the talents that we've been given? And you may think that you don't have a talent. You have a talent. So, if there's anybody that wants to put their names down, the info desk is at the back with one of our volunteers. You can put your name down. And even if you put your name down, you don't have to be specific, but you can be specific and say, you have an instrument and you'd like to be on the band, or I'd like to do Sunday school. Or even if you just put your name down and you used intermittently to welcome people or to help set up, we always need more people to serve each other. So before we, before we end and pray, I have a, a little clip that I'd like to play. And like I said, I was tested this week in this. So I have added this to the discipline that I am praying to. I, I think, I think we, we can all connect with this clip while we're on the road, we're worshipping, and then somebody cuts you off or they just... Why did we stop? So, so discipline in my car and road rage is definitely something that I'm going to be praying for this year. And um, we're going to pray now. So let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for all the talents that you have given us. We thank you for the daily strength that you have given us, Father. Father, we thank you that we know even if we fail, we can continue practicing. Failing doesn't mean it's an excuse to stop. If we have failed, or if we fail in whatever we are praying for or trusting for this, this year, we will not stop when the stumbling block comes in our road. You will help us through it, and we will move past, and we will continue to self-discipline ourselves, Father so that we can become better stewards of the talents that you have given us and we can become better and closer to you. Less of us and more of you. We thank you for everything that you have given to us, Father. All the talents that we have, even if it is just a nice smile, we thank you for each and every thing that you've given us, even if we don't appreciate it all the time. We thank you for this in Jesus' name.
Amen.